What is up, team? Welcome back to the Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. I'm Pat Kane, and today St. John's decided to part ways with Coach Mike Anderson after four seasons. Um, it was not the successful tenure most of us hoped when he was hired. Um, it was not enough for him to uh, get a fifth year, apparently. St. John's thought so. Um, I think they were definitely justified in that decision. Um, I thought there were times when maybe Coach Anderson was uh, unrightfully criticized, and I did my best to support him and to give him credit where I thought it was deserved. I know I did do my fair share of criticizing this past season. Um, I think if he were to be honest with the performance of the team these last two seasons, he would have to say that it was a disappointment on his end as well. Uh, he will get paid incredibly uh, well, you know, to not coach St. John's anymore. Um, I obviously feel bad for a guy who loses his job, but I'm sure he will recover fine and be able to enjoy himself um, in this part of his life. And maybe he'll go find another place to coach and, and find some success. Uh, I do want to make sure we point out some of the things he was able to do uh, somewhat, somewhat well at St. John's. It wasn't a disaster by any means in, from my point of view. Um, you know, I have seen some disasters at St. John's, and while he never reached a tournament, uh, which had been done by all of his previous predecessors, at least in NIT, um, and the NSA tournament when you consider Chris Mullen and Steve Lavin, uh, he didn't hit rock bottom like we saw in some of those seasons. He didn't have uh, many, you know, up until this past four weeks of play, the suspensions, the off-the-court issues were very few and far between. Yeah, you can point to the Isaiah Moore situation, um, that was kind of kept under wraps until the very end of the season. Um, doesn't mean it didn't happen, but there was a lot of, um, you know, under the table stuff that would go on under the Mullen and the Lavin years, and you never really sh were sure what would happen in terms of ineligible players or suspensions. Um, not to not to take anything away from those guys, and they, you know, we could talk for hours about the positives and the negatives of both those coaches as well. But Coach Anderson did have some bright spots, you know. He coached and recruited two uh, most improved players in the conference, Joel Soriano and uh, Julian Champagny. Both received that award underneath his tutelage. That's something. Um, he coached a first-team All-Big East player in Julian. He coached a freshman of the year in Posh. He um, had four winning seasons. St. John's in the 16 years prior to Coach Anderson only had seven winning seasons, less than half the time. Now, of course, you know, those winning seasons were um, fluffed up some by the out-of-conference slate, and he only had one conference winning season, and it was 10-9, and nine, so not, um, you know, anything to write home about. But uh, overall, you know, St. John's wasn't a laughing stock, I didn't think, under Mike Anderson. We didn't catch any headlines for being good. We were never really a talked-about team, and, you know, living in that mediocrity range is – not fun and it's not exciting and it's trust trust me i was ready for change but um it wasn't embarrassing i thought and you know i'm not saying yeah congrats on the not embarrassing performance i'm just figured it was meant to be said needed to be said and um in those first two years i thought he slightly overachieved due to the limited expectations he had when he took over the job um and i thought after the end of the second year you know where he improved the team and we did finish 10 and nine and tied for fourth in the big East. I thought there was some serious positive momentum going forward. Um, that six game winning streak in the middle of the big East, uh, knocking off some teams, including that road win at UConn 
and you know feeling like we were a team building towards something um and i don't think enough is talked about uh following that season you know the weeks coming after that after i thought you know from my perspective we had momentum as a program we saw seven guys transfer out and some of those guys and definitely mostly including williams and erlington two of my favorites caught me by surprise you know and um i voiced then that i i didn't think it was a obvious upgrade even with the transfer talent we brought in that year which included joel soriano and and aaron wheeler that we were going to see improvement the next year but still even still i thought the the third year was a big disappointment we went from positive momentum the trajectory going towards a consistent team i thought um to losing the momentum right after the season ended you know couple that with a a rough end of the season losing the big east tournament and not taking the nit invite a lot of that might be uh, contributed to the COVID year, might also be contributed to the obvious strife going on in the, uh, in the locker room, apparently. Um, but that's really the turning point in my mind of when things start to go downhill. And then he coupled that with uh, a disappointing third year, even like I said, I wasn't necessarily guaranteeing or expecting, and you never want to guarantee an NCAA tournament for St. John's, but even expecting an NCAA tournament that third year with the transfer turnover. But I thought the play we did see, no matter what, was underwhelming and disappointing and below board. And um, this year was a do or die year, you know, and, and Coach Anderson doubled down on it. And he said this was his most talented team at St. John's. And again, he said the expectation is to definitely make the tournament. Um, and we failed to do that. And this is where we get to, you know, letting him go after giving him a st- an extension two years ago and, and paying him very well to do so. And now the answer for St. John's, as it always has been, is can they get it right? And up until this point, they haven't got it right. And up until this point, there might not have been an obvious answer to get it right. You know, you can argue there could have been. He missed the boat on Jay Wright. The whole Calipari fiasco, you know, the cancer allegations and all that stuff. We don't have to go down to St. John's history. They can erase all that bad history by making one simple phone call and doing everything the guy asks. There is a Hall of Fame coach right down the road who apparently wants to stay in New York and coach St. John's. And... If he can't get it done at St. John's, then you can rest assured know that it can't be done at St. John's. So roll the dice, St. John's, and take the most obvious bet possible and call Rick Pitino and answer every demand he has. Give him every um, travel request, every recruiting budget request, every assistant coach budget request, everything he needs, trips to Saratoga in the summer. Obviously, you got Wingfoot right there. And you take him and you let him lead this program and you learn how to run a big time program while he's showing you firsthand. And then in five, six years from now, whenever he decides to call it quits, you have rehabilitated a program that will be desirable to a much more large group of candidate pool, of a pool of candidates or a candidate pool, however you want to fucking put it. All right. St. John's has an obvious choice right there in front of them. And it looks seemingly looks like they know it. And they're making the right strides to get it done. They just have to make sure they don't get caught up in any hurdles or any tape or they let a uh, a school come to the last minute and offer a better package. If he wants to be in New York and he believes, like he has said in the past, he can succeed at St. John's. And he wants a challenge, perhaps, a pressure cooker. Um, you know, Coach Rick Pitino has done a lot of things in his career. He's won a national championship. He's actually won one, two, depending on who you ask. He's been to seven Final Fours. He's won three SEC Coaches of the Year. He's won two MAC Coaches of the Year. He won a Conference USA Coach of the Year. He won a National John Wooden 
coach of the year, but he's never won a Big East coach of the year. Could he get the done at St. John's? Not fucking Georgetown, please. Could he bring us back to our once proud times and even higher levels of success? I think the answer to that is yes. And I think if you're Rick Pitino, Rick Pitino you believe it is yes. So now we're once again in what seemingly is the most exciting period of St. John's fandom. The coaching carousel. The, uh, the excitement to what could be next and what has led to the um, eventual perpetual downfall and re-engagement of that same cycle four, five, six years later. Let's end that cycle. Let's do the obvious thing for once and take whatever means necessary to do it. All right, Rick Pitino is a fail-proof, surefire coach. And you've got a chance at St. John's to right so many wrongs. Yes, you might get one out of 10 media blowback about his past. 90% of it's going to be positive. The college basketball world is going to love it. They are going to eat it up, soak it up. You'll be on the front page of every news. You'll be on PTI. You'll be on Sports Center. You'll be all across Fox Sports and everything talking about Rick Pitino and St. John's. It is such an obvious answer, and I am so happy that it at least seems from the outside perspective, from the, from the news today, that St. John's is headed in that direction. But heading there is not enough as getting it done, and you've got to get it done. And let's take a look quick at why you have to get it done. Rick Pitino's year-by-year coaching record starting – uh, I'm sorry, prior to his run at Iona. All right, this is 31 seasons. Boston University, Providence, Kentucky, and Louisville. In those 31 seasons, Rick Pitino's teams, in 16 of them, have reached the top five over half the time. 16 of the 24 years when he was at Kentucky or Louisville, they reached the top five. You're really not supposed to reach the top five in Providence or Boston University, so I won't hold it against him. 16 to 24 years. At Kentucky and Louisville, his team made it at one point to the top five in the AP poll. In 23 seasons out of those 31 seasons at all four of those schools, he reached the top 20. 22 of the 24 times at the at Kentucky and Louisville, he reached the top 20. That is sheer dominance, sheer excellence. And if you're, if you're wondering why we don't see Rick Pitino's name listed when we saw the Mike Anderson, um, you know, courteous, never had a losing season record flash up, it's because back in 1980-81, he was only 13 and 14 for Boston University. How the hell do you let that happen, Rick? You got to redeem yourself. You got to come back to St. John's, and that's the only way you can do it. Two championships, seven Final Fours. Like I said, it doesn't take much for me to introduce Rick Pitino and his accomplishments. All you need is quite a bit of time to do so. But you can see it. I mean, you don't have to hear it from me. You just have to hope that St. John's is actually going to back it up this time, back up its word, back up the brinks, back up the history, okay, and bring back St. John's to its rightful place atop New York basketball amongst the best teams in the Big East and a national prominent, a story across the whole college basketball landscape. You can do that by hiring Rick Pitino. Anyway, I'm sure this will be an exciting next few days. Perhaps torturous. Perhaps you'll have a couple days where the momentum looks like it's coming to an end and it will be Rick Pitino, and perhaps we'll see some reports about teams sneaking in. Either way, try to remain level-headed. Try to trust St. John's until they show us again they can't be trusted. If the reports are true today, then we should be trusting them. I hope 
it does come to pass and that Rick Pitino was the head coach of St. John's next year. Until then, we will cross our fingers and I will continue to keep you posted the best I can. But thank you guys for tuning in. For Lou Carnesecca, I'm Pat Kane, St. John's Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. Peace.